Hello, and welcome to Hallmarked for Murder. I'm Kat. And I'm Sarah. And we are returning. I think the last time we recorded was in January. It's now May. Of 2023. Mm -hmm. And this is an exciting time for us because we actually started this podcast in August of 2022. I just, I looked up our, my first notes from our first episode. Wow. And uh, this all started actually a year ago exactly because we went on a amazing vacation together. And every night we watched an episode of Mystery 101. Yes. And it was the most delightful vacation. It's one of the few like actually relaxing (laughs) vacations I've ever taken (laughs) in my life. And it was so amazing. (laughs) We would spend the day at the beach and then our evenings we would um, eat gluten-free brownies that were just okay. Borderline not okay. Right on the verge. Mm -hmm. And watch Mystery 101, which was amazing. And was also my very first ever in my decades of life introduction to any Hallmark movie whatsoever, which is true, oddly enough. (laughs) Yeah. So that was literally a year ago. We just, I kept looking back in my gratitude journal that all of our beach stuff and all the memories that the internet sends you from your a delightful vacation to remind you just how terrible your life is now. One year later. And that's when it started. And then we started recording in August. And then our lives just really went into some pretty serious free fall. Yes. At that point. Massive downward spirals, several major and traumatic personal losses Mm -hmm. and which we've, you know, mentioned on here a couple times in some of our past episodes. Yeah, it would be interesting to go back and actually listen to some of those as we sort of like are at different stages, like very dear people to us or uh, cats possibly were uh, were alive yeah. when we started this and now they're no longer with us. Yeah. And Things are very different, but uh, that is to say that we've actually been working on this podcast and recording it for almost a year and haven't released it. Nope. <laughs> because um, it's really fun. I think the reason that I wanted to do this, a uh, big reason was to just spend more time with Sarah and just like do something fun. Yes, and... we were kind of thinking like we needed, life was getting really hard for both of us in different ways and we needed something that wasn't really like related to any of the the ongoing personal tragedies that we were experiencing to to focus on or just like get a couple hours out of our week to think differently about which is why hallmark is so appealing right like it's real life is so hard let's enter into this sort of a very contrived fantasy world where everything works out perfectly and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, everything just ends with a really dry kiss of closed mouth. A papery brush of the lips. Mm-hmm. And then there's just a really nice like sunset or uh, flowers falling or leaves falling or something like that. I mean, that's why we Hallmark. And so we did the fun part, which was recording. And we did not do the fun, the not fun part, which was researching how to actually distribute a podcast. Yeah, it turns out, I mean... <laughs> 
that is not as easy as it <laughs> may sound. Um, we have so many beloved podcasts that we both listen to. And through this process, I'm very amazed that any of them <laughs> work uh, just because it's not. I mean, we both have very, very demanding full time jobs. We have, you know, partners and pets and all of these other things. And this is something we're doing in our free time. And, and, and it's a little more work than I think both of us understood in terms of how to actually like edit and release these on a platform so that our, well, we have like a goal of, you know, maybe two to four listeners. Um, I think we may just reach that (laughs) when we finally release these. Yes. And uh, luckily or not, I decided to go forward with a different podcast idea that I had totally unrelated And so that has forced me to actually do some of that research and make some decisions about distribution and all that kind of stuff. So we're actually going to release these. In the meantime, uh, I just discovered that uh, somebody else started a a podcast that's just about Hallmark Mysteries back in January. So I gave them a a little bit of a listen and and they have a, a definitely a different vibe. They're obviously much more serious professional yeah <laughs> polished right. all of the things so they're like actually doing like a con- like a concerted effort like they're doing social media which we at the at the beginning decided like we can't there's no way no there's no possible way we've both managed social networks before for different organizations and no yeah I no can't do it nope so we're real low low impact um possibly uh clear by the fact that uh, we it's been like almost a year <laughs> before we actually were able to release like five or six episodes that we've it took us this long to record yeah. like five or six episodes yeah actually this is this current one will be our seventh oh okay because we did the one-off and then we did the five mm-hmm. crossword puzzles and um, maybe i should start like a trapper keeper of all of our recordings like a little mini calendar journal thing so that we know what we've actually done I don't Mm -hmm. know I don't do that for my own life so I probably won't start now (laughs) (laughs) at least a spreadsheet maybe you could do a spreadsheet maybe anyways I think when we distribute it when we actually put this out there the internet sort of does that for us so yes the series of internet tubes will I guess let us know what kind of work we've done yeah they'll they can figure that out um, so I did want to just address the other podcast cause I didn't want there to be like an ants bug life situation. Mm. Again, I did not look up. I need to re- uh, revisit the Michael Scott monologue about that. Oh, the, about ants versus uh, uh-huh. a bug's life and to, which was written by whom and when. Yes. And who came is it like a thing of, about like who came first or? Yeah, I think. And then generally, like in all those types of situations, like they were working, like people were working on those projects at the same time, probably because of some shared energy mm. in the universe. Yes. Um, and then just somebody releases it first. And then, hmm. um, and then you have a great monologue from Michael Scott. But 
anyways, I, very different podcast. They uh, are clearly very professional, serious podcasters, and we are us. We are just us. We're just us. And we're happy to be just us. And we're fine. Yeah, we're good with that. So yeah, so we're all in the universe now together and we're excited about it. Yeah. And so this will also maybe be like our last episode where we have no interaction with any kind of audience whatsoever. Oh, Um, yeah. Who knows if after after we actually release these, if we'll have like a different. Oh, maybe we'll have like audience questions we can answer. Or Um, we'll just be really self-conscious. Yeah. And stop releasing episodes. (laughs) Um, Remind me later to tell you about uh, a Wikipedia deep dive I took. It involves somebody going by the name of Celestia. And um, I just, I need to get that out there so I can tell you about it later. But it doesn't relate to this. So sorry to the listeners. Yeah, maybe we'll have listeners now. Maybe. We've got, I mean, two people that are sort of obligated to listen uh yeah actually john said that he i never thought he would listen but um he said he he was gonna see he said you think i i'm not gonna check out what you and sarah have been up to for like the last year (laughs) yay i think he said gotten yourselves up to or some something that sounded very uh, some gen x yes (laughs) (laughs) neither of us have any relationship to (laughs) Yes, I did. We, Sarah and I are dating men on uh, opposite uh, <laughs> sides of generations. Yeah, like not just much. different generations. Like literally, like there's a generation between them. Wow. And I did recently realize that your boy toy is the same age as my practicum student. Oh, nice. Which is very interesting. Well, yeah, he's a he's a cusper. He's technically millennial, but he? he the very end of it. So he really, because he like grew up more with like the Gen X people, he identified and he was the oldest one in his family. He didn't have like older brothers like I did, like teaching me all of the millennial ways. Mm. Um, You mean Gen Z? He identifies with Gen Z? Yeah. So he identifies more with Gen Z because that's like what he grew up in. But by years, he's technically like the last or second to last year or something of millennial. Uh, Geriatric. uh, No, 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 no. He's pediatric. Neonatal. He's a neonatal millennial. He's not a geriatric Gen Z. He no. He's like technically a tiny little baby embryonic millennial. (laughs) I can't wait for him to hear this. He'll be really uncomfortable. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so we are starting a brand new series. Yes. Very exciting. Very exciting. And I decided. uh, What more do we need in our lives than Jewel in a terrible wig? So we are starting with a fixer-upper mystery framed for murder. Wait, what? There's a wig? Are you serious? Yeah. Like this whole episode, this whole movie should be titled Jewel's Horrifying Wig. I'm, I'm. I literally, I, so this is. I think this is maybe the third time I had watched this movie. Like I think when I, you know, back in the day and then I think I did a rewatch last year and then this was like, I think my third time. And I remembered when I, I went straight to Google, paused, went to Goog, started typing in. And I remembered I did the same thing the last time I watched this, which is to Google Jewel a Terrible Wig or something. Some search term that like immediately popped up like articles, blogs, 
comments, Reddit threads. I mean, I'll be really honest with you. I did have a lot of internal questions about her hair in this movie, but I assumed it was like, you know, how she's very famous for her natural teeth. Um, And so I was like, well, maybe she's equally famous for some just sort of really bad looking hair but I or not I don't know I mean that sounds judgmental but now that I know it's a wig I feel a lot better okay (laughs) calling it bad hair but I I did uh inner inner monologue about this for a little bit I when I was re-watching it I clearly this is why I wanted to start this podcast is because I'm somebody who wants to like a gossip about Hallmark movies and the little details and like like I have googled so many things about Hallmark movies <laughs> like like how has no one noticed this little thing or like there's but there's just nothing there's never anything nothing at all except for Hallmark movies or Hallmark fans Hallmarkies are just like oh my god he's so handsome or oh I love her blah, blah, blah. like that's as much as you get <laughs> But the one thing that I have found fruitful in a Google search is Jewel's terrible wig in this movie. Okay. I am shocked that you did. Because you were like the one who like knows these things. I do. I do usually. This is true. Um, You were the one I go to for like (laughs) when, for example, (laughs) I see a video of my boss from 2018 and then pull up side by side a video of her from this year and and put it in front of you and ask you to explain to me what has happened here and you know and and you know i do know yeah so oh my gosh okay well i feel i feel good that i golf clapping you right now thank you so as not to pop on the microphone thank you you're welcome okay so this is the imdb summary of this movie is really incredible investigative reporter mac buys a mansion and hires shannon to fix it period she finds her friend's uncle dead in his house period the police calls it an accident period shannon investigates period mac helps period well there's a you know Maybe a certain beauty to the concise nature. It's just a little like a haiku. Um, I also, if you go on the Hallmark app on your phone to watch this movie. Oh, yeah. uh, So our our Jewel character is named Shannon Hughes. Uh, That's the character's name. But in the Hallmark app, um, she's named Shannon Hammer. And she owns Hammer Construction Company. But in the movie, she's Shannon Hughes and owns Hughes Construction Company. Anyways, I don't know what that's about. But it's kind of amazing that they were like, well, she's a contractor. So her last name should be, well, should it be wrench, nail, screw? How about hammer? And then they were like, that's too obvious. Let's make it Hughes. Um, Clearly a very last minute change. Very last minute because the app still, I checked again this morning, has it as Shannon Hammer. I was just uh, thinking about, I've been watching um, Garage Sale Mysteries for the first time. There's like a million of them. I don't think we would cover them. Um, Lori Laughlin scandal aside. But oh, her... I've been calling her Lori Vallow in my head. Oh, my That's gosh. That's a totally different person. Totally now different person. We talk about it. Uh, both went to jail, though. <laughs> um, her last name is Shannon. Which is, I was like, did they do a cute name for her? But then I was like, oh, her last name is Shannon in that. 
series. Not sales lady. Antique. Nostalgia. <laughs> Gen nostalgia. Gen nostalgia. Okay, so this film is directed by Mark Jean or Jean. And it's written by three different people. Uh, Kate Carlisle, Peter Hume, and Tina Booth. Um, I tried to look up more about them, but it seems like this is... It's interesting. I feel like when I look up these Hallmark writers and stuff like that, like this is often the only thing that they've done, mm-hmm. which I would be curious to see like what what is the process for like getting. But that sounds like probably something like the other podcast would follow through on mm-hmm. and we'll just wonder about it and then never talk about it quick, again. Quick shout out, though, to writers and um, the WGA. We we support you. No scabbing. Nice. Thanks. Thank you. So thanks. For You're welcome. Keeping it real. The movie opens with a man getting on a yacht. I don't, I realize I don't actually know what a yacht, what constitutes a yacht, but. That was looked... a fishing boat. I, okay. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> okay. I think a yacht, you have to wear like an open, open necked, like um, button up shirt mm-hmm. and maybe like a sweater around your shoulders for it to be a yacht. I think mm-hmm. that that's technically in maritime or nautical terms what constitutes a yacht okay so he's setting off from the marina and then there's an unconvincing cgi explosion right off the bat oh and the bomb was set for nine hours from now okay originally. I, was, I was confused about that because you you like see somebody set up the timer but somehow it's timed exactly to when he like moves away from the marina yes yeah, so or the dog kill anyone else yeah how it was that did he know that was when he was going to come and, like, take his boat away? Yeah, because like, they were supposed to go on the thing together. Well, later we'll find out, like, who set the bomb. And the two of them were supposed to, like, go on this fishing trip together. Oh. And um, and so the one that set the bomb knew the timing of everything and must have okay. called and said, <laughs> I'm sick. And the other guy was like, well, I'm going. <laughs> F you. And... Uh, he went out and wired his little cell phone bomb to go off exactly nine hours from then. Okay, because they, so they <laughs> said, like, let's, weren't they, like, escaping? Weren't they going to go on the lamb? No. Is that why they were doing that? No. Who? The blower-upper? The blower-upper and the blower-uppy. Weren't no. they going to, that's why they, they were on were, the boat trip was so they were going to. Like, no, they were just good buddies. Okay. Oh, because it was the the attorney and then the the boss. boss. Yeah, and the and oh the, wait, 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 yeah, okay. and then the and then he later. I have a, such a tendency a to not follow the plot, which is like kind of irrelevant. B forget like anything in the cold open, like immediately. Yeah, like I have this problem like in Murder She Wrote and like a lot of other mysteries or yeah. whatever. Like they have like that cold open. I completely forget about it. Um, well, I mean, w- when we get there, we can go over it. But I was actually really surprised by how um, the ends were not loose in this murder mystery. Like, okay. as in sense. every other murder mystery we've ever watched. Um, okay. There was actually, like, a definitive, like, this is what happened and this is the end of it. Okay. So they, the two of them, the two dudes said, hey, let's go on this boat ride at 10 o'clock or whatever. They had a set time. Okay. 
Because I was wondering, because there's like a girl in the background on the dock who's like on her phone or whatever, like, oh, my God, like um, doing Wordle or whatever mm-hmm. people play. Mm-hmm. And I was very nervous about her. Getting hurt, right. But then he, it didn't go off until he was like. No, and it was very tight. It was a very tight explosion. Mm -hmm. It was lovely. Good form. So we are in Lighthouse Cove, which I first wrote was maybe clearly in New England, but then had to uh, erase. It's in Oregon. Oh, I couldn't tell. They did license plates. Like when he he has the car trouble, I I can see the license plate. Okay. I guessed Virginia, and then I guessed Florida, and then I gave up. <laughs> I felt like the architecture well, he could have been very New England. Rental car. Um, no, you're right. It did. I, well, the fact that they were like Craddock, the invading French. I was like, oh yeah, New England. The French didn't really invade the Oregon coastline, but they might have, and you know that's really not my forte. If somebody yeah, you're knows, right. Right in. Let us know. You're right. Uh, Who is quite... General Craddock and which invading okay, yeah, French did yeah, he? Yeah, now that I think about it, you're right. That doesn't quite. All right. Okay. So our latest heroine is Jewel, as in Jewel, 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 Foolish Games, Jewel. Jewel acts, right? Kilcher, Jewel Kilcher. Yes. Yeah. Her family has a reality show. Do they? Yes, they do. Ooh, we can talk about this. Like she and her family? or she, just... I think she makes uh, some appearances on it. But no, it's not focused on her. But her family are like Alaska survivalists, <gasps> like frontiers people. Really? Mm-hmm. I actually have a, a tenuous connection to them. It's very weird, but I don't, I don't know them. I don't know them. I don't know them. But I know somebody that knows them and is like friends with them. But that person and I are not close enough that I could be like, hey, hey, dude, give me the deets on the Kilcher family. Um, but but he and the Kilcher family are, are friends. And that's how I know about this series, even though it kind of sounds like something I'd watch. Um, you know, it's they they have a TV show on what channel? I don't know. There's no way to Alaska know. channel. I don't <laughs> discovery. I couldn't tell you. I've never watched okay. it. Wow. Um, I did not know this. Yes. I'll look to, uh, well, yeah. Um, well, I, I write, I, this is at the beginning. I wrote that. I actually think that she does. Okay. Um, I might need to revise that as I went through the movie, but, uh, her, her as a contractor and handy woman extraordinaire is more of a stretch than I am able to make after my muscles have atrophied over the last few years of the pandemic. It's a really, really, like I internally, like I'm just like, does it change your mind at all to know that she was like raised on the quote frontier end quote and that she considers herself like a rugged outdoors oh, lady? Maybe. Um, and also, like, that's her whole story, right, is that she was, like, living in her van when she made it big. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember that. Her hometown, like, raised a bunch of money for her to go to some singing or competition or recording studio or something. Oh, wow, then, that's a movie. Um, Why hasn't Hallmark made that a movie? Yeah, great question. Maybe 
fiction is more exciting than fact in her case. I don't know. Um, but she, like, learned how to yodel from her dad. Oh, yeah, the yodeling. And then uh, and then s- wanted to go to singing school, as you do, and then couldn't afford it. Um, but, yeah, she, ta- she talks a lot in interviews about how they grew up, like, real rough, hmm. like, living by, living kind of off the land, according okay, to Okay, well, it might be sort of her outfits, in this, that was a the hair, really big the hair and the outfits for me in this series, I, I it makes me hurt inside. As someone who's done a lot of contracting work, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, I don't live a Hallmark life, so there is that. But having your hair like having your bad wig down and loose and like, uh-huh. or an extremely intricate braid, or in an extremely intricate weird Swiss braid uh, and also wearing like fancy leather boots and like skin tight jeans uh-huh. like ah you didn't wear any of ah, that no when you were flipping houses no okay so her at the beginning she's uh, out at, at a bed and breakfast fixing a lamp or a light uh, lamp thing chandelier I think is what that's called and her friend walks in and very dramatically says oh shh and I, re- I thought she was going to say something else. I don't know where my mind was, like, somewhere else, not in Hallmark. Not in Hallmark land. But it's because uh, her name is Shannon uh, Hughes. Shannon's friend Jennifer has opened a new bed and breakfast, and her uncle Jesse arrives with his new girlfriend for the openings. Like, a lot of people introduced all this, like, right at once. Althea is the girlfriend a yoga teacher. A we're, yogi. We're very clearly inter- introduced to her, like, this is someone you need to pay attention to. Yes. I'm assuming we'll need to know this information for later because they focus so much on it. Maybe she'll have one of those scenes where she heists something and she does yoga over the laser lines, like in <laughs> Ocean's 12. I don't know. That reminds me I need to watch Ocean's 8. Oh, yeah. The I girl watch one. that. Mm-hmm. It's good. Jennifer, the friend, has incredible hair. And here, here's where I start. And it's not a wig. It's not a wig. It's, it's beautiful. beautiful. Here's where I started. Jewel is, for unknown reasons, wearing a terrible and unnecessary wig. I looked it up and remembered, again, with the Google search that I had looked this up before. And there's so much online chatter about the wig. Apparently, a fellow actress told her it would save wear and tear on her real hair. Which, oh, like, because of like all the heat styling and yeah, products but that they use. Don't they film these film these movies in like two weeks? So like, is it really that much wear and tear on her hair? Like, well, I think she has like very fine hair. I think okay. that's one of her qualities, and fine and like as in the texture of it. Mm-hmm. So, um, as a fellow fine hair haver, I I would refuse heat styling. Uh, more than like two days in a row. Oh, okay. Okay. That's good insight. Uh, Jules hairdresser then assured her that she could safeguard her real tresses. So in the future episode, she stopped wearing the wig. Oh, okay. Okay. So next episode, I'll see. I guess. My yeah, gaff. My blunder. <laughs> we get a little backstory on this new uh, group here. So Shannon's dad also comes in at this time and he's a contractor. So that's how Shannon got into the business. He's best friends with Uncle Jesse and another guy we meet named Ned. 
who is not speaking to Jesse because the yoga teacher, who's kind of a babe, picked Jesse over Ned. So they're uh, in a, a quarrel. As adult men are. Mm-hmm. Because Ned saw her first, so he owns her. Yes. Oh, right. Property. Mm-hmm. Property rights. That seems reasonable. I mean, when we meet Ned, he's really kind of a a D-bag. I mean, if you met Ned and then you met Jesse. I would choose Jesse, uh-huh. despite the fact that his name is Uncle Jesse. Yeah, that's a little confusing. Maybe because of the fact that his name is Uncle Jesse. I don't know. I grew up with Full House. Mm-hmm. And then we also meet Ned's son, Stephen. He also makes an appearance during the opening reception of the bed and breakfast, where Uncle Jesse tells stories of his deep sea dives and does not mention how this, like, 30-year-old woman was able to acquire and restore a historic bed and breakfast. Which we never hear and be, that information. maybe be the only employee there. Right? That's sort of shown in every other scene in the movie there. There is one employee of this gigantic historic bed and breakfast. Yeah, that was never explained. Maybe uh, Jesse seemed like he had some money and he considered Jennifer his daughter. Maybe he like was that like a a cut scene or something. I don't know, but maybe she came into money when her parents died in like a tragic yacht accident (laughs) as well. We can just like assume. Maybe that's how she got the money. Maybe. Shannon spies a handsome stranger who is awkwardly loitering at the reception, and he makes the mistake of assuming the owner of Hugh's restoration is a man and that she is his assistant. Classic gender sparring. Feminism. Patriarchy. Hey, quick question. Did you think that he had sort of like a vague resemblance to Toby from The Office? In terms yes. of like hairline and face shape. Yes. Okay, I did too. I just you've been watching The Office more than me lately. I have. I was stunned by how much Toby ages. And by then the end of it, his like weight swings. Yeah, yeah. I I guess I I know. Well, maybe that's it. Maybe he looks so different. I think it's because he loses weight. But I never felt like he was heavy to begin with. So I don't. Yeah. I don't know. He also, I guess, was a showrunner. Yes. Towards the end. Yeah. And I'm sure that. Uh, adds a few years stress am I right Mm, yeah I uh, am having to wear this headband because I am on my day where I you have to when you dye your hair you have to um, it needs to be dirty but it can't have product in it so you have like this awkward in between day or two where like you've showered but you can't put any of your little like root powder or anything on it okay so you just got to wear like a big headband or a hat. Hmm. It looks great. Thank you. That's um, what stress has done to me. But yes, I he also, he does remind me of somebody, Mac, but I couldn't quite, maybe it is Toby. I don't know. He was like sort of goofy right off the bat. And mm-hmm. I kind of liked it. Yeah, me too. It turns out this handsome stranger is a famous true crime author named McIntyre Sullivan. Real name? Fake name? Pen name? Well, he introduces himself that way. And he's like an investigative reporter. Mm-hmm. So. He's straight out of like a film noir. Hard-boiled guy. Mm-hmm. 
Most of the people we've met seem to live on the same block, which looks like the same block from another Hallmark mystery series, and I couldn't quite place it. It might be Aurora Tea Garden. I think it's like she changes houses a couple of times, but I think it might be the same, like, like weird row of houses. Like a real murder-heavy block of houses. Uh Yeah, people are just like constantly getting murdered there. So Uncle Jesse lives across from Shannon, who lives down from Ned, who is spying at all of them through the window for a lot of the movie. Constantly. Mm-hmm. I can't believe that Althea did not want to hook up with him immediately because he's got so much going on. A lot, yeah. He's got a son with a very square jaw. For <laughs> who starters. lives with him? Does, oh, because he moved back because yeah. of his... His job situation. Okay. And then I, again, had a meltdown about Jules wig. It's like tied into this braid that is honestly too chaotic for me to handle at this point in my life. I don't think we can call it a braid. No, it's I don't like think a, it could. It's like a bunch of like mini carbon filaments <laughs> intertwined uh, and melted together at some point. It's it's a, It was very uncomfortable to look at. It was kind of like a uncanny valley version of uh, of a braid this is also the start of some very very cute outfits that a contractor would never wear to a job site no but a great change from her very first outfit which i wrote in all caps terrible outfit this like weird haltery bandana purple dress thing oh for the opening for the opening okay yeah but the rest of the outfits they were very cute solid just like contractor chic I am barely kidding when I say I had a complete meltdown when she walked out of her house to go to a job site. I think to build I just... a catio. <gasps> oh my gosh! Yeah. So when she made up for it by talking about her latest job, which is finishing a catio, why don't we get to see the catio? Oh my god! I'm really sad about the one finished project that we do see of hers. So I really wish we could have seen the catio. The cabinets. Oh, I forgot about them. No, those were not remarkable. No, the shed. It's hideous. Oh. oh, her little the blue and brown shed. What? The he the Mac rents? Yeah, that Mac fake rents just lives in for free. But that she was like, I built this shed to prove to everyone that I could do this. And I was like, Well, did you <laughs> did you prove it to anyone? <laughs> uh, but you know, here we are. Oh my god, I wanted to see that catio so badly. Yeah. How I mean She was that... talking about like ramps and perches and I was like, I let's get in on this. Like take us to the catio, introduce us to the owner. I, I want to meet them. I need to see the cat. I would love to see the cat. It has to be plural cats. Yeah. Um who are they? What are their interests? This might be our spin-off. This might be our oh my god. For, for real. Um okay. Now I'm still, I go back to the braid. I literally had my hands on the sides of my face in a full on home alone pose. And then she starts in on Mac for being a prima donna for wanting to protect his fancy suit while changing attire. And meanwhile, she is wearing that braid and that outfit. And her contractor outfit. She would have spent a full 30 minutes on that braid. And she's wearing a light pink shirt with a soft Italian leather jacket and... Like, I just, I think I was having a hard, a hard night. I just, I like, couldn't handle this at the time when I was watching this. I was so focused on the braid, I didn't even notice the outfit. So I'm impressed that you did. 
Uh, so while she's cha- she's like on her way to a job site, changing a tire down on the ground, helping Mac, uh, who got a flat tire, skin tight jeans, like painted on jeans. Classic. Okay, I need to calm down. I apologize. I just I life has been difficult, and this was the thing that sent me over the edge. Later that day, she's in an entirely different but similar outfit, which I couldn't figure out. Was it the one with the really long tail, like shirt tail coming out of the back? I think so. Then it was like light blue, I think, later that day. Yeah, very fluttery. But it was very similar. It was like a different leather jacket. It's kind of like chiffon or like silk. or I don't really know my fabrics. It's a a common Hallmark heroine outfit. I think that's a very Lacey Chabert uh, Tess outfit too, like like a very feminine fabric. Okay. Paired with like a leather jacket. And boots. And boots. She also has her hair down now. That was her work braid. She goes to check in on Jesse and discovers his body. And she's sort of struggling to express emotion, which I couldn't tell if it was bad acting or Botox. I, I'm i going to go with both. Both. That's fair. Okay. Yeah. Um, it also looks off when she's smiling. So I think I did decide that it was maybe just bad acting. I think um, she struggled with the, I think she did a great job with like the friendship part of the movie. And I think every other part of the movie, she was like, and now I'm acting. Um, And that, you know, maybe she'll bring it all home in the next installment. Well, Jennifer is acting circles around Jewel. And it's not the first time I've wondered why some of these actors who play side characters aren't the leads. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, the leads are often more bland and wooden than the, like the really terrific best friend with lots of personality. And I don't know if there's an explanation for that other than the requirement that, that the leads have to be like generally skeletal. Oh, okay. Or skeletal as skeletal. The, the case file host says. That's right. And have like really straight hair that can be curled into one of those weird like wave things that they yeah. always do. Yeah. Whereas Jennifer has like abundant natural curls. And yeah. I don't really know. I don't know. I loved Jennifer. Loved her. Yeah. She's great. I looked her up um, to make sure that she wasn't a lead at some point that I went on this whole like uh, monologue about this, but she was the lead in a movie called Thomas Kikade presents Christmas Lodge. Thomas, Wait, Thomas Kincaid, Kincaid, the painter. The painter. He he made a Hallmark movie. This sounds like a series of movies. What? I actually don't know if it was on Hallmark. It might have been an off-brand. A Christmas Lodge. Is it haunted by the spirit of Christmas? Uh, it looks pretty terrible. I watched the trailer. The last line of the trailer is a little girl saying, "Grandpa, we said the Lord would look out for Christmas Lodge." And then the grandpa dies? Um, Maybe. I think. I think I'm just really in murder mystery mode. <laughs> this is like when I watched on Golden Pond and <laughs> kept waiting for someone to be killed or die or like, I don't know what I thought going into that movie, but it's a very gentle, <laughs> heartwarming film, just FYI. I haven't seen it. But I just was like, oh, my God, this is it. Oh, God, the Catherine Hepburn's going to fall into the lake or like. 
nothing happens. It's just really heartwarming Aww. and delightful. So, Aww. yeah. Uh, Shannon goes to tell her best friend that her beloved uncle is dead. Anne tells Althea that her intimate life partner is dead. And then she pieces out to meet Mac and go over to his house for a remodeling estimate. Uh, hmm. What did you think about the the way she supported her friend and broke the news of Uncle Jesse's death to everyone? With just some really awkward like grimaces and attempts to look like furrow her brow, but she couldn't. So there was a lot of like wide widening of the eyes and sort of grimacing. Yeah, like downturned mouth corners. Like, mm-hmm. oh no, mm-hmm. he's dead, you guys. Oh, nuts. I'm so sorry. Okay, oh my God. I have just... horrific news for you. <laughs> like not just, not just the best friend, but then also like his, his almost fiance. Yeah. Oh yeah. Just like, just flatten out that news and then take a beat. Listen, he's dead. You're going to have to move on. <laughs> I gotta go. I got, That's the Alaska spirit for you. Answering. Oh, I'm getting a phone call. I better answer this. Oh, oh everybody, yeah, could you all just uh, hold on for me while I take this <laughs> work call? <laughs> um, keep your tears to yourself, please. Shh. Could you guys keep it down? Okay, I got to go run and do this estimate. <laughs> Because of the lead paint, uh, Shannon insists that Mac stay at her little playhouse in the backyard while his house is being renovated. Her little playhouse? She also has like a raised bed with like (gasps) flowers in it, which is that a thing that people do? Like, oh, I just had a discussion about this with someone at work. They wanted to make a raised bed with flowers in it. And I said, don't do that. And they said that they were going to, and they didn't want any of my advice on that. So, I mean, go for it. But yeah, apparently. I have also had gardening advice that has been rudely rejected, and I (laughs) felt very deeply about it. I would, I will take your gardening advice any day of the week. Don't reciprocate that, please. I mean, I do think it's for like seniors who don't, who can't kneel anymore. Um, like want, I have heard like, like to a raise so that like it's, they don't platform. have to bend over to weed or whatever, but yeah. like flowers, like, and these were like, almost like not plants that needed tending at all in hers, mm. but, um, everything just looked like so tidy, like too tidy in my opinion, but that could just be a sign of what my life is like. No, I'm constantly like enraptured maybe is the right word by these people who have these gigantic like four square houses and then they live by themselves and they're like business owners so they you know probably have to work quite a lot to like make ends meet or whatever and then like their house is spotless their yard is perfect their clothes are like nice and like ironed or whatever and I don't what I don't get like how do you I, I sometimes don't have time to like go to the bathroom which is you know a basic human need um and I don't know what's wrong with me but I need some of that like hallmark dust well like our friend Aaliyah was like that I remember yeah we went to her house one time and we're like I think you, you were like where does where are where all of your things mail? where's your mail 
And she was like, I have a, like a spot for that. She's like, I, don't, I just don't have that many things. And I was like, I can't imagine what that must be I like. was stunned. I, she has a baby now. Is, she, is her house still like, is everything like perfect in her house and like her yard and stuff? Uh I think that there's been a small change, but I think that the core of her aesthetic is still still pretty strong. Yeah, I thought my sister's spirit would be broken by two children, and it was not. Yeah, she's like she she continued her same level of anal retentiveness throughout the the girls are like teenagers now, and like her house is still spotless. I've been like, there. I can everything. Confirm this. I pawed through, through yes, their leftover it was clothing. Also, a year ago, since we um, went through my nieces, my teenage nieces' uh, rejects and their clothing hand me downs, uh-huh. and we both found some real gems that we still wear to this day. Absolutely, and I always have to like think through like before. Oh, I think I'm wearing one of the shirts now. Oh Until, yeah, yeah. yeah. One I of their high, junior high or high school. <laughs> yeah, whenever I see them, I have to make sure that I don't wear something from that, and so yeah. I don't out myself. A few suspicious things start happening. Shannon finds it odd that Jesse's cupboards are in disarray. Max, because he was very OCD. Yes. Which I take issue with that phrasing, but that's a different story. Is that what she says? I think she says that he. She's like he was very OCD about his organization and I it's it's you you're not just people don't just like have a touch of OCD like if you like to be organized it's one thing but like compulsive and obsessive behaviors are like a whole different category of mental health situation going on so like no it's just like one of my weird pet peeves okay Max sees a guy in a car on the street and inexplicably starts yelling at him and chasing him down yeah. Which, like, the guy was just sitting there, like, in his car. But he was, like, eyeing them kind of aggressively. You think so? Like, with a furrowed brow, like, watching. And Mac was really on this, like, you know what? I bet there's been a murder train, like, instantly. instantly. Like, the second Jewel was, yeah. like, what um, What if you don't know if it was an accident or a terrible, or a terrible event? And he's, like, oh, do we have a murder here in Lighthouse Cove? Okay, that makes more sense because I was like, he's real Johnny on the spot. Like, he literally just moved here. This is not his house. He just, like, got the keys to the playhouse. And he has no idea what the, like, baseline conditions slash inhabitants of this street no, are or like, look this, like. No, this could be Shannon's, like, bow, right? Like, right. he doesn't know. Yeah. He has no idea, but he goes real aggressive on hey, him, like, hey, hey. And then Althea's car gets broken into by the guy that Mac chased after. The timeline was like a little confusing on that, but Shannon, who again lives conveniently across the street from Jesse, then sees somebody breaking into his house and she goes for it. Full on, like, grabs a, a crowbar? Yeah. Pry bar. Pry bar and goes for goes across the street. Um and it's just gonna one hundred percent uh just just attack on herself. Yeah. Yeah. Hook it in his cheek and just pull. <laughs> the intruder gets away, but use the front door key under the pot. And the chief of police comes out and uses the phrase out of an abundance of caution. In the first non-COVID context I've ever heard. I can't remember if this movie oh. is pre-COVID or I think it is. 
but I'd never heard that phrase before COVID. I was really struggling with how I recognized the chief from something. Oh. And I finally had to give in and look it up. And he is in this TV show I watched a few episodes of called Virgin River, which is not a river or, or maybe it is an actual, I don't know. I never really got into the show. Um, because it wasn't good, but the he was in it and for some reason was like very memorable to me as like his cadence. And then in this unlikable police chief role, uh, it just, he yeah, he really stood out. I can't remember his real name. Sorry, actor. Well, he's a real Sergeant Mollison, which is a real deep reference for Trixie Belden fans that might be out there. Sergeant Mollison is always... No matter how many mysteries Trixie solves and helps out with, Sergeant Mollison is always just downplaying her role and telling her not to get involved. Telling and... her there maybe never was a murder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Leave it alone, chick. Mac and Shannon think that the break-ins and Jesse's death are connected and that they have something to do with the blue car guy that make Mac chased down. And they go down to Althea's yoga studio where she's back to teaching. Like, the day that her... Oh, yeah, the day after. was killed? Yeah. And she's she can't let the class down. Does she not have, like, subs? Like, I don't know. Maybe it helps ground her. Maybe it's not really her studio. Maybe she's an employee. I was wondering about that at the end, like yeah. why she's the owner of the studio like that. Like, yeah, well, when we well, we can talk more about that after things okay. come out. Jesse used to go on salvage dives. So they go. So we yeah, this is. This we don't know if this is New England or. Oregon. It's got to be the East Coast based on so many things, right? Um. Maybe I'd, I don't I don't know enough about like I feel like I want to know more about Astoria. There's a book on Astoria that I keep wanting to read. I don't know what that is. It was like a, a formerly a, a big like port town in Oregon. It was where Goonies was filmed. Oh wait, I have been there to in Oregon. It's there's a big the, long bridge. Did you have you ever been to Cape Disappointment? No. That's which is the like most amazing named. A geographical formation that was where I think Lewis and Clark's um, party thought that they had reached the ocean finally and then had not yet so they named it Cape Disappointment which will be the name of my memoir and then um, they had to go a little bit further to the ocean and that's where like this bridge is to Astoria okay I don't remember that movie very well because of the hand in the blender scene. As a child, it really made me black out in terror. Um, and that's actually all I remember from the whole movie. Of the Goonies? Yeah. <gasps> oh, my gosh. I know. I think they're, well, I mean, the whole thing of the Goonies is that, like, they were, like, pirates. The children? They're, like, there was, like, pirate ship that came through there. And it oh. wrecked, and that's what they're looking. That's what they find. Okay, is the treasure. Did you really not? You didn't finish it. See it. I, I'm sure I watched it. I'm just like I was so blacked out in terror by the 
blender hand situation that I don't remember the rest of it or the beginning of it. It's just all I can focus on. So, yeah, I think there's a lot of maritime history. So anyways, okay. so they go to the Maritime Maritime Museum where the best Hallmark side character actress is the curator. I don't know if you remember her. She's fantastic. She I just she's in everything. Oh, only ever as a side character. I liked her. I thought she did great. <clears throat> I just saw her again in a garage sale mystery that I watched oh. last night where she had a very side character. Hmm. And I was like, why? You got to get this girl like in a lead role. I don't understand it. Mac and Shannon go back to the police chief who shoots them down big time, which I think maybe the police tend to do in the first of these mystery series until the Hallmark heroine triumphs in the end and then has a big fat, I told you so, in her leather jacket. And then gradually they start to trust her. I think that's a pretty... So I think he, I think the police chief is like coming on strong because he doesn't know, she hasn't established her reputation okay. as a, an amateur sleuth yet in the town. On a side note, when police officers have, like, 10 tiny gold stars on their lapel, yeah, do they, like, take those off every time that they wash it and then, like, put them back on? Like, how does that work? He I had, don't... like, all the, on his lapel, he has, like, these are tiny stars. I don't know. Maybe it's, it's all one piece. No, because oh. it looks like, like, individual. Maybe it's, like, hot glued onto one bar that's the same color as the shirt, <laughs> so you can't tell. Like a wig which has a fake scalp in it. I don't really know about wigs either. And not everyone can tell when the wig is and clearly present. Not all of us can tell. Oh, God, I forgot that Jewel sings a song in this movie. Yeah, this is really what I wanted to talk about this whole time. <laughs> okay. I literally fast-forwarded through it, so go ahead. <laughs> I'll put my notes down. Um, they like I couldn't handle it. Doing this somber funeral in like a sunlit filled room maybe at the the mortuary as jennifer puts it which is just not a word i hear very often despite having a lot of close contact with death anyways whatever um they're at the mortuary for this funeral and um she's like i'd like to welcome my best friend shannon um to sing a song for uncle jesse and then Shannon does not actually approach the stage. The person that approaches the stage is Jewel. And <laughs> she just in full Jewel fashion, like gets up on the stage, gets a guitar and starts like trilling and like, there's a hole in my heart. And like, I, I was on the floor laughing at this. Shit. Sorry. <laughs> but like <laughs> Um yeah, she does like a whole thing and they keep like panning to people's faces in the audience and they're <laughs> they're doing <laughs> these are like extras <laughs> listening to Jewel do a concert <laughs> at a funeral. <laughs> and these extras are just like like polite smile on their face, nodding their head and just like really digging this open mic night that's suddenly erupted at once again a funeral and um, I actually I actually didn't run this by you before we recorded but um the do you remember one of our 
mutual friends who apparently maybe is no longer in some some of our lives um when they had a death in their family and one of their family members got up at the funeral and sang a song that was very inappropriate and weird um we it's a, it's like a uh uh yeah their grandpa died and then one of the brothers is like an amateur oh my God. singer and do you know what i'm talking about yes okay um, anyways, that's sort of what this reminded me of, but, uh, um, regardless, yes, Shannon, Shannon Hughes is not a singer, but Jewel, oh my God. Jewel is, and okay. she gets up on her little stool with her guitar strumming away, just like, I mean, all of, all of the Jewel that you have come to know and love and her hands and they're small and there they are playing the guitar and singing it was wild it was awful I just it was so out of place and I cannot wait to see how they shoehorn another musical number into the next episode of this series because like I mean round what is it square peg in a round hole like this did not this was not good and then at the very end of it um Jewel goes up to Mac and he's like everyone really um Everyone really enjoyed that, Jewel. And she's like, oh, thank you. And there's, like, no discussion on why this contractor is, like, a, like a trained singer along with all of her other skills. She's just like, oh, by the way, everybody, um, watch this. <laughs> Later, maybe oh if you're God. lucky, I'll treat you to a, a longer rendition of of my impression of her song. We're going to be at the fire pit after this, after drinks, if you guys want to come out and just see what happens. See what happens. Maybe someone should put a guitar in my hands. Oops. Never oh. played one, but let's see. I am so excited. <laughs> There's a new mystery series coming out that stars Jody Sweeten, who I love. Bangs. The Bangs girl from Full House. Um, Juniper, they all have bangs Juniper at one point? Jelliper, Tanner, Stephanie, Stephanie, step on me, Tanner. Yep. Love. We're also um, birthday twins. Of... Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, same birthday. Sindali uh, Parton. Um, she can sing. I think during Fuller House, she did some singing. Did I make hmm. that up? No, I think she did. Um, she also was a DJ in Fuller House, and she called herself DJ Tanner. Did anyone watch Fuller House besides me? I loved it. If you're asking if I watched it, I did not. I was so delighted by Fuller House. And I wasn't actually that big of a Fuller House fan. Anyways, um, she plays, I just saw the description. She, I think she, now, the, currently the character is like a private investigator or something. But she's a former lounge singer, I believe. Oh. So the 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 picture that they're using for promotions is her singing. Oh, okay. And I am so excited how they're going to somehow figure out a way for this private detective to sing a variety of songs throughout the series. I just, I can't, I, like... How exactly? How are you going to like? I think it's the wedge this in. of 
It is the jewelness <clears throat> of it. It is the like of the whole funeral arrangement. But the I don't know. Like what in the next one is she gonna be like working with all of her builders and then at lunchtime she's like hey guys let's take a break anybody want to hear a song and then like sing a song like how what is the next story she's got to cut some tension there's going to be some tension about something listen to me she's going to need to break it yeah well i can't wait to see what it's going to be because this was a real like good comedic relief in the middle of a funeral (laughs) that i think everyone was everyone appreciated according to mac (laughs) It's like, hey, that was hilarious. Thank you for breaking the tension. Oh, God. Oh, I just had to fast forward through the whole thing. So I'm glad that you <clears throat> did a deep dive to bring it back to mm. Uncle Jesse. Mm-hmm. Jesse and Ned did a salvage dive uh, for a ship called the San Mateo. And the Spanish government got everything back from it other than a sextant. A Which word the... that everyone in this cast has to casually say at one point or another. Oh, that's when they found the sextant from the San Mateo. Oh, yeah. This is the sextant that they found. I forgot about that. It's the only way Hallmark can get sex in their movies. It did remind me of, like, when you're little and, like, you're trying to look up dirty words in the dictionary. Yeah. Or like... you write 3003 on your calculator and turn it upside down. Is and... that what you write? No, 8008. Sorry. I don't. I'm not a good... I'm not good at this. I think it's okay at your age to not know the exact <laughs> thing that you put in. I think that's fine. Um, yeah, so there's, you know, a sextant that's there. Because that's a word people use. Max suspects, because you're right, he is like on it which i enjoyed i loved it like i thought it was so it was like he did so well because he's not like annoying about it like he's really just like genuinely curious and like yeah i feel like we're always encountering well by always i mean in the six hallmark movies i've watched encountering men that are like i don't i really like just i don't buy it young lady like get your fingers out of this pot and Mac is yes, like, I, you're right. I buy it. Like, let's look into this. And I just, I loved that. Like, I thought that was such a refreshing. It was, you're right. Because they take. are, I think it is a little bit of like a sexist sort of like curiosity of women, the female sex, like just sort of needing to be like nosy yeah. or yeah. like. Nosiness. Yeah. Like. Or bored or. Yeah. Or whatever. But yeah, yeah I think you're right. I think that's why it felt, felt so very refreshing. Yeah. So he suspects that Jesse had something big from that dive that he did not divulge. And Mac and Shannon have the most awkwardly directed conversation after the funeral about the case while Shannon is upstairs changing out of her funeral clothes. Do you remember this scene? Vaguely, yeah. It is like the decisions that were made. I just, I need more insight into that. Like she goes up, first of all, if someone says to me, all right, I got to go change. Like, I feel like that's when you leave. Like, leave totally. But he stays and just sort of perches, like, in the doorway while she's, like, so the whole time they're talking, you're picturing Jewel disrobing. As is he, maybe. Maybe. 
but he, now he's like laser focused on this case. Like he can't, he's just like oh, right, right, right. really processing like the case. Like, well, what about this? Or what about that? And then she comes back, like the whole conversation takes place that whole time that she's changing clothes. And then she comes back wearing an even more uncomfortable looking outfit than she was wearing before. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. Max spends the night because he thinks Shannon is in danger. And in Hallmark movies, whenever this happens, the guy always sleeps on the couch, even though the heroine's house is always inexplicably gigantic. And full of more than two guest bedrooms. Absolutely. But you don't want there to be any implication that he might have stayed in her bed or even in the room next to her. Because that is Too naughty. Sexy. They install a security camera set, and I really like Mac. I think he's one of the better Hallmark Mysteries leading men. And I, I did, I, I suggested that maybe it's because he's not trying to alpha her. Yeah. <clears throat> but yes. he also just like a really chill energy that I think is a little different than other men. I also felt men. like their ages were maybe a little more appropriate despite the, the you know, Botox that might belie someone's age. Mm-hmm. Um I felt that their energies and ages were like a much better match than uh, than Tess and Brendan, for example. No, Tess and Logan. Um, yeah, I think Mac and Shannon made made make a lot of sense, and their characters seem to like fit together. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah, he's he's very invested, but like in a fun way. Yeah, he doesn't have an ego. He's not like yes, he does not have an ego. Yes, whenever he makes his little gender blunder about um, Mr. Hughes, the owner of Hughes, whatever, uh, he's immediately like, "Well, I think I definitely said the wrong thing. I'm very sorry," and like leaves and extricates himself because he's very embarrassed to have um, stepped his foot into the pool of patriarchy. Yeah, I really like him. He's he's He might be one of my favorite leads. Shannon goes off to work on a renovation, which means she spends another 25 minutes putting her wig into an elaborate braid. <laughs> she then finds out from her dad that Jesse had a story about finding the lost necklace of a Portuguese princess. <gasps> Not Spanish. And that if he found it, it wouldn't be on the same claim as the rest of the loot to Spain. So Shannon finds the law firm that handles Portuguese claims. The only one that does. The only one. And Mac and Shannon discover that the attorney who handles those claims is the dude in the crappy blue hatchback who has been following Althea. And, dun, 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 they discover that he's also dead. His secretary tells them that he recently died in a boat explosion, which is the explosion from the beginning that I totally forgot about at this point. Yeah. The secretary drops the gruesome detail that there were hardly any remains left to be found. So (laughs) we know she's a murderino. Because she got like her voice dropped a little bit and she's like, they hardly found anything. (laughs) I mean, disintegrated vaporized they try to take this to the police but apparently the police want citizens to gather hard evidence and bring it to them before they'll open an investigation that's how that works yes yeah shannon knows althea shows althea the guy from the terrible hatchback which why is his car so old and 
Well, because he faked his own death, right? And so this is what they like ascertain. So he fakes his own death, which means like I'm assuming his estate is like parceled out. Like he goes fully into this. And so he probably had to like pay cash for a crappy little Chevy Nova or whatever this hatchback was. Or my my dad's um, dream car as a teenager, a Subaru Brat. Ooh. Uh, but yeah, he. I think after he faked his death, he probably couldn't just drive his own personal car around. Okay. I mean, I guess I thought he'd get like maybe at least a Camry or something, but it seems like a very dis- distinct car also. The color is a little too distinctive. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's so recognizable that literally everybody in town clocks it. Like the police guy knows like, oh, yeah, I saw that the other day. And like they've all seen it around town. I finally realized that Althea has serious Kris Jenner vibes. <gasps> yes. I couldn't figure out what was She's going totally on with her face. Mom. Oh, also the look. The look. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah, the look for sure. The look. I couldn't quite figure yeah. it out. I thought maybe you might know more about, understand more about her face, but I, it's very Kris Jenner. Yeah, there's a there's a couple fillers in there. Just a um, few. I have, by Touch the way. Touch of Juvederm. By the by, started rewatching Keeping Up with the Kardashians. Oh, nice. Pick that back up again. It's been a positive development in my life. Good. I'm glad. I did have to share with John because this is like something he did not know about, about my past. Oh. That um, we don't say bad things about the Kardashians. No. I love them. And that's the end of the story. Mm-hmm. Although I'm only on like season eight. So I think they get a lot worse. So I might change my mind. Stay tuned. This could be your new character arc. In lieu of having an expression of emotion in her face, Jewel sort of opens her eyes really big and twists her mouth, I think, when she wants to seem, like, concerned or... She's just really... I felt the strain. Yeah. Uh, They had some really sweet lightning shots when they were going to do a stakeout at the hotel. Oh, yeah. That seemed really, like, out of place and unnecessary, but I thought they were fun. Yeah. Kind of just really set the mood. Well, and also, like, so his stakeout is in the rain... At Blue Hatchback's hotel, motel, yeah. uh, but he has his window open. So he's full on, like, nodded off asleep with in a, a pouring window rainstorm. open and, and rain and lightning. As as on a stakeout. He wakes up to the sound of Blue Hatchback getting run over by a car. He does get the license plate number, and it turns out to be Stephen, Ned's son next door. Square jaw. Who has been disengaged and avoidant in a way that rang true based on someone in my immediate family. Oh. They think that Stephen has been hanging out with Jennifer all week to see if she has the Portuguese princess's necklace. Mm -hmm. So Althea and Jennifer head to Althea's friend's house near the city. What city? We don't know. The city. Um, I feel like at this point, okay, so... They think it's Stephen. The police come to get Stephen because they, because um, Mac told them, hey, I got the license plate. This is Stephen's car. He just ran over a blue hatchback. Um, this guy's dead. And like, 
there's sort of no mention of the fact that like once they identify the dead guy that he's like already dead or like supposed to be dead but whatever but so they come to steven's house which is ned's house um to get steven and steven's not there which is next to shannon's house which is next door to shannon's house and shannon's watching all this happen like they're here to arrest steven and max like yeah that's because of me i saw him run over blue hatchback i'm sorry i know you know i know you guys were friends or whatever and then um they're like well steven's not here so he's probably on the run and since he's been trying to cozy up to jennifer to see if maybe jesse hid his necklace like with Jennifer and she somehow has this $10 million Portuguese princess thing. Um, Steven's probably after her and she's probably in grave danger because he's shown himself to be like a two-time murderer already. So um, Althea's like, I I can protect you. Let's go to my friend's house near the city and we can stay with her and he'll never know where we're at. And Shannon is going to go with Mac to try to find Steven or I don't know. I can't remember what they decide to do, but that's why they go to, to near the city. Uh, meanwhile, Shannon needs some OJ. Oh yeah. The refrigerator. So she goes to her refrigerator, closes the door. Steven is right there. Don't scream. And is like terrifying. Absolutely terrifying. Covers her mouth with, his hand, which is worst nightmare. Hated that. Hated that a lot. And it's really spazzing out uh, because he's a suspect and he wants her to check her security tape, which, by the way, so I guess the new security system does not involve, oh, like an alarm that would tell her that someone had no. snuck into her oh, house. I had a question about this because Max, like, I said it to just be on permanent record do you know the size of hard drive or cloud storage that they would need to have access to to set like five security cameras on permanent record 24 7 i mean bananas but um but yeah so no there's no like motion sensor it's just on permanent record and steven's like oh my car got stolen jewel or shannon and so that's it wasn't me that killed blue hatchback my car was stolen can we look at your security tapes and see who stole my car okay so i just watched a dateline i can't remember which one it was that involved a lot of security tape like there was just security tape everywhere in the whole neighborhood Hmm. so when you do get that footage like from your neighbors or whatever and it, nothing's happening. It's just like literally like maybe like a car or something like on the street going by or um, from even from a store or whatever. Like how is that? Is it it's saving it maybe for 24 hours and it's gone? It depends. Like, yeah, some 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 store it for like 24, 48 hours and then dump it to keep making room for new footage if they're like on permanent record. Um, uh, some are just motion activated. So you will only like store a motion event. Um, but yeah, there's there's different ways that that happens. Hmm. And I know like England has like a lot of CCTV like all mm-hmm. the time, right? Yeah. I think that's what Sherlock Holmes was famous for using to solve his puzzles. Okay, so let's see. Shannon gets a call. So From they, Jennifer, right? Well, they so they do check the security tape, and they can't really tell who took 
But it's not Steven's Steven. car. It's like clearly not him. It's like a smaller build. He's like, that's not me. The jaw's not square enough. Yeah. The eyes aren't close together enough. And in the meantime, Shannon gets a call, I think, oh, at the at the police station. They're reviewing the tape, and she yes, gets a call yeah. from voice recorder saying that they've kidnapped Althea and Jennifer and want the necklace. We've got your friends. Mac and Jennifer, or sorry, Mac and Shannon go to Jesse's house again to search because this voice recorder wants the necklace and thinks Shannon has it or wants Shannon to find it. Yes. So Shannon... Uh, they go through the house and Shannon go through like this weird montage of Shannon noticing something in Jesse's house that doesn't look quite right, attacking it with a crowbar or a hammer, bashing it in, absolutely destroying it, like tearing down <laughs> walls. And then it turns out to be nothing. Ah, uh, nuts. It's nothing again. So let's just assume that like, after the credits roll, she comes back to the house and spends a couple of weeks, like, making some repairs. Just like spackle and stuff. Putting walls back up and stuff. So while they're on a t- tight deadline before her friends are killed, because voice recorder needs this, like, by four hours or something like that, or by four o'clock or something, Shannon decides to do some mid-movie bonding over her deceased mother. She was supposed to do this earlier. There was a scene where uh, she kind of like, I think Mac wonders about some reason about getting, telling the police or she doesn't or waiting want for the to. Police. She's like, I've already made that mistake. And then it you think, do you much. think they're going to do the mid movie bonding over the deceased relative? Yeah. But instead it cuts to commercial. Right. So they're doing it now At when the like end. they're going to do it. There's a deadline, like her friends are going to get killed. Let's take a breather. Let's take a breather and talk over past traumas. Yes. So apparently. Not yours, just mine. Her mother was in an accident and the police made her wait 48 hours. But by that point, it was too late and she died of hypothermia. Yeah. And that's a myth, right? Everyone's always like, oh, the 24-hour waiting period's a myth. Um, I don't know. But. But that's like a common thing that's like used in storytelling is like, I reported my mom missing, but they said I had to wait 24 hours before I could report her missing. Um, But then, yeah, she like drove into a snowbank off the road and died of hypothermia, I guess. Yeah, I was just talking to John about this, that like I do worry because like on a dateline or whatever, they, they will say something like, I knew something was wrong immediately because she's never late. Or she always responds to her texts Uh (laughs) uh-oh that's how i'm gonna go (laughs) oh i'll pick really good pictures for your dateline thank you same thank you they find the necklace after all because of of a previously mentioned cabinets yes her contractor's eye is her she's a contractor it's her job to notice things did you know that she's a contractor and discover she that those cabinets. Althea is actually Andrea, who is Blue Hatchback's assistant at the law firm. Yes, Andrea Fleming. And I kind of love that she picked Althea for her fake name. Yeah. It's pretty good. It's pretty close to Andrea. Althea, Andrea. But anyways, it's a pretty cool, like, weird name to pick that no one else has. 
Shannon is really bad at playing it cool. She gives up everything, like, every time. Like, yeah. immediately. Uh, all the way. Um, I noticed that uh, Jennifer from Garage Sale Mysteries does that as well. When she's, like, face-to-face with a killer, like, right away, she's just like, I know you did it. And this is how. And here's all my evidence. Mm-hmm. And I'm not Meanwhile, recording. There's no wires. This Don't is kill just me. this is just for fun. Right? Yeah. Like this is I this is so I can get a monologue in per my union contract. Even though you have a gun pointed at me and no one knows I'm here. I hate guns. They're not my weapon of choice. But it it does seem like a bad idea to let on that she knows it's Althea. Like maybe she shouldn't mention that and just wait until she like maybe just gets Jennifer back. Like it's not a really bad idea, because she's like, I know it's you, Althea. Oh, on the you phone. can drop the voice recorder. Yeah, and she like, boop, turns off the app on her phone or whatever that's changing her she's voice. Like, Do you have the necklace? I know it's you, Althea. Oh, it's me, Andrea Fleming. <laughs> yes, you're correct, Shannon. I did it and I do it again. <laughs> She even says to Jennifer, who is in the trunk, your smarty pants friend is going to get you killed. And Jennifer's really acting really well. She's like, no, no. But she's gagged. But she's like. Anyways, she looks terrified. Althea and Shannon face off. And she, of course, spills every detail. Oh, they go out to the old lighthouse, right? Like the old fort. Yes. Yeah. Um, Except did she really start a yoga studio? That's what I was confused about. Like, so there was, yeah, there was a period of time, like several months, where Jesse brought the necklace to the law firm to be validated or whatever, authenticated. The law firm, the lawyer he went to, knew that it was real, but decided to invalidate the the claim. So that he could then take the necklace himself by stealing it? I guess. Yeah, that was the, so I feel like that was the murky part, but it almost didn't, to me, it didn't matter because it was just that like these greedy people were like, oh, we're going to fake that. We're going to fake that the claim was invalidated and we're going to, we're going to take this necklace for ourselves and make the $10 million or whatever. Um, uh, So the. So that was the law lawyer and the boss were in cahoots about it? Or they just had to kill the boss because he knew about the necklace? I, I think that they had to kill the boss because he knew about the necklace. Ga- Gosner or something? Was that the, I don't know, Blue Hatchback's name. Um, and it was originally his idea to invalidate the claim and take the thing. But then, and so he faked his own death uh to do that and then andrea was like i want in on this like you can't cut me out of this and then she was like you can't cut me out of this you're real like you can't cut me out of this mr hatchback and then uh she went on her own killing spree uh to not have to share the cut of the necklace but it was his idea for her to seduce jesse yes yeah so that happened over the period, like, several months. Must have been, yeah. During which time did she, like, purchase a yoga studio? And then, like, how? Maybe it was her why side did gig she already. Need, why does she need to be a yoga teacher? Like, I think she... it's just, like, a sexy older lady thing to do. Okay. Because it's like, oh, I'm flexible. Yeah. And, like, 
maybe it explains why she looks so young and healthy without explaining the surgical modifications she's had. Um, because she met Jesse and Ned at the museum. At the museum. While she was while she was there for a reason, obviously. She knew that they that Jesse has this like whole wing of the museum. And so she was there to like catch his attention. But but she, but wouldn't Jesse have known who she was because she was the lawyer's secretary? Um, well, I think he only corresponded with them in writing. Oh, actually, he never actually took them the necklace. I think he sent them photos. So was the purpose of seducing Jesse to kill him and steal the necklace, or just to steal the necklace? Uh, I don't think that the purpose was originally to kill him. I think that she was just going to steal the necklace from him once she found out where it was. But then he, I think she was in her, I think she says she was in his house, like, looking for it. And then he, like, maybe actually did slip and fall and die that way. And so she was, like, you know, helped me out because now I could search in peace or whatever. Yeah, because she was actually there that night, like, for Boom Boom or whatever. And then she left and then, like, she came back to look for the necklace. Yeah. Like, so what, why did she need to seduce Jesse? Like, what did that gain her? I guess when she, when she did, wasn't able to find out where it was just based on being his love her. Yeah. She had to, then she had to break in. I think she liked him. I think she did. She says that she did actually like him. I liked Jesse. I really liked Jesse. Okay, but she, okay, she could have just been a yoga teacher, but, like, did yeah. she, like, take out a business loan and, like... <laughs> I don't know. I didn't think studio? about any of these Maybe things. that was just, like, her side dream. Yeah, because she was, like, a lawyer's assistant. She might have also been, like, a yoga teacher. What I really want to do is... Bend. Oh, my... Because I, I did notice, I've noticed a theme that, like, people who are really into yoga, they all want to become teachers or, like, have their yeah. own studio. Yeah. Like, for some reason, like, if they're not just cool with just doing yoga. Yeah. Except for me. I'm cool. Except for you. You are cool. With just doing it and not owning a studio about it. Shannon rigs the deck of the lighthouse to collapse so that Althea falls down. And again, I really hope she intends to spend the next few weeks doing some repairs for all the damage that she's caused because she's very destructive. Yeah, she is very destructive for a contractor. Every day is demo day. Yeah. Uh, Jennifer, don't who I guess is the recipient of Jesse's fortune, yes, donates the necklace to the museum, which does the Portuguese government not get that back? I think that they were okay with with it going into the museum because I think that the claim was actually validated like they had actually validated his claim the letter that Andrea sent to him saying it was invalidated was fake she says that at some point but the Portuguese government actually was cool with him like you know we don't need this let's just you know you just keep it wasn't all that in a bag of chips this I keep this in this tiny museum in either New, a New England small town or an Oregon. I looked it up. It specifically says Oregon. So I oh, guess that's what it was. Oh, yeah, okay. I looked it up while we were talking. Oh, okay. A little behind the scenes for us. Um, really quick, after Andrea, Althea, Althandria falls to her, not death, 
um, through the through the splintered deck of the lighthouse. Um, Shannon, like we get this shot through the hole of the deck and Shannon's like looking down and she says, well, Andrea, I guess my weapon today was knowledge. And I thought that that was very Hallmark. That was a, one of the more Hallmark moments of this movie. It was very dumb. But she sounded really smug. So she sold it. She did sell it. They find Jennifer, of course, in the fort. Because because Shannon knows that in the video she saw of Jennifer, that the same stone that was used in the foundation of Mac's new house that he's renovating is the same stone from Craddock's fort. And so they run down there to the bottom of this fort, which has a dungeon that still exists and is open to the public. And they find Jennifer bound in a dungeon with a laptop pointing at her. It does seem like like a Boy Scout troop would have like taken a tour yeah, like the next morning definitely. and like found her. Yes. And she would have like, and like wriggled around and then they yeah. untied her. Yeah. So uh, there's a ceremony where Jennifer does donate the necklace to the museum. We see more of our delightful curator. Where has she been? Uh, Mac and Shannon giggle on the way out. And that's how it ends. So what in this movie hits home? What are your personal cats in my personal, personal bags. bags this week? Um, well, you know, we bring up our per- personal tragedies a lot. But there was a moment whenever Shannon first tells uh, uh, Mac about Jesse's death. And he's like, Jesse... Hennessy? Oh, the nice man at the store, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, yes. And then um, he says, you know, the people we love live on inside of us, even when you're mad that you can't be with them anymore. And I was like, ah. And Jewel was also like, ah. But for her, it was fake. And for me, it was real. Um, And yeah, so that that's something that was a little bit of a personal kitty cat. yeah, they do live on inside of us, and that's great, but it made me cry. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? I like Matt. Mac. <clears throat> um, I feel like we're supposed to interpret Stephen's behavior as extremely suspicious and psychopathic mm-hmm. and assume he's the murderer, but it really reminded me of a relative I just spent time with, uh, which validates my feelings that he's not someone to be trusted. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah, it was like, I don't know why that that's the thing that sort of hit home in this one was like, they they wrote Stephen's weird behavior in a specific way to make him seem like a legitimate murder suspect. Mm-hmm. And it's just the way that, um, so that was, that was my, uh, who are you attracted to? Oh, so yeah, oddly enough, it was not a human. It was Shannon's truck. <gasps> they use that truck in a different series. I thought it looked, well, I mean, I didn't think it looked familiar, but I thought it looked was very it much like a prop, and I loved it. It was such a cute truck. It was very cute. They use it as a suspect's vehicle in a different series, and I can't remember which one. Well, I can't wait to see it again. Uh, I like Mac. I thought he was really Yeah, Mac is great. Mac's like the first leading man that you're <laughs> like, for me, that I'm like, yeah. Mm-hmm. I wasn't, like, attracted to him, but I just really found him charming. Yeah. Fanfic for side characters? <clears throat> well, I mean, the pre- the, the aforementioned cat, catio lady would be great oh, to hear yeah. from. Oh, my God. Um, 
But really, you know, Stephen's whole, like, I quit my high-powered job in finance to become a chef um, is, like, really does seem like a setup for either a spinoff or, like, in the next couple of, of episodes in the series, like, for him and Jennifer to get closer together and be, like, the side characters having a, a snog or whatever. Um, but, yeah, so I kind of think uh, that that was, like, the most obvious setup for, for a fanfic um, involving Steven and his his dreams of being a chef. Yeah, they kind of set him up, I think, to be suspicious, but in the end, I think he's just sort of like an old friend of theirs, and mm-hmm. I feel like there was some history either between him and Shannon or him and Jennifer, because like when he first came on, like, I saw that Steven was here. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, maybe they'll develop that in later the maybe. later movies. That yeah, because be now he's just like an innocuous, like, Yeah, he didn't murder anybody. He's handsome. He's got a square jaw. And he has his priorities in order. He wants to live his dreams. Yeah. I put Jennifer running her new bed and breakfast. Yeah. I would watch that show. Absolutely. Or Carol running the Maritime Museum. I feel like that would be really ooh, fun to watch. All ooh. the characters that come in. So many old men. So many old men. Maybe even like Portuguese spies. Who knows? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Jewel heisters. Ten million dollar. Thieves. Like how much that museum probably their budget for a year is probably like what's their security look like? I don't know. Uh, like the invasion of the Hallmark body snatchers, as I mentioned, Carol is in eight million other Hallmark. Was she in crossword and... puzzle ever? Hmm, probably. I think she's been in like all of them. Uh, Steam level. Um, you know, the steam level was, there wasn't really any, like, sexual chemistry, but there was just a lot of, like, cute moments Mm -hmm. and, like, fun little moments. So, um, I didn't feel, like, completely turned off the way I felt about (laughs) Tess and Logan the entire time. Um, I felt like, this is cute. I'd like to see where this goes for them. Um, but it was no... Uh, you know, you know who I'm talking about. It wasn't them, the the goats of Steam Level in yeah. Hallmark. Yeah. Um, R.I.P. R.I.P. Yeah, I said zero, um, but a two, but kind of only on his side. Yeah, that he was really yeah. cute. He like tried to ask her out on a date, but he was like too embarrassed, and I was like, whoa. All right, that resonates. That's hard to do. Mm-hmm. Any Hallmark IRL moments? Uh, a child at work ran up to me and said, doctor, doctor. And I said, I'm not a doctor. I'm a nurse. And they looked very confused. And their parents were like, she's not a doctor. She's a nurse. And I was like, thank you. Um, and I don't know if that's like a Hallmark IRL moment, but it just felt like sort of a thing that would like happen in a movie, like with a character being like, thought of as like some profession that's generally like you know respected and then like found to be like no I'm not the owner of this mansion I'm the maid uh so that's kind of how that felt to me yeah or that's the whole premise of the movie oh yeah and then like they think you're a doctor the whole time 
Mm-hmm. And then someone falls in love with you? Like Matthew McConaughey. He was a doctor in that movie with the wedding planner. Was he? Yeah, he was like a pediatrician. Oh my gosh. Wow. Did he pull that off? Yeah, he did. He did, I think. Okay. I've watched that movie in the last year, I believe. Wow. Okay. And then they love you. And it's not that they love you because you were a doctor. It's just the deception. And so yes. in the third act, they feel very betrayed. And yeah. say And they say, I can't. I can't right now. I can't right now. And then I'm like, no, you have to listen to me. They're after you. And then they like run off. They get caught by them. And then I have to go save them. And then they're like, thank you. Sorry. We were mad at you about your deception. I think mine, I actually thought of a really, like, I was, you know, like, in bed, about to drift off, and I was like, oh, my God, I have the perfect Hallmark IRL moment to share, and then I forgot it. it's lost. So that's my life right now. It's lost to your dreamscape. But I did think of a different one that uh, one of the many people who have passed away in the last couple of months is my favorite aunt, who probably is responsible for my love of rom-coms. She introduced me to rom-coms when I was young, and we loved watching them together. And she actually passed away in December, but we didn't have her memorial service until April. And we returned to the small town where my mom and her sisters grew up. And uh, some of my cousins did grow up in that town. Her, Her children grew up in that town. And so they really embraced us in such a beautiful way and just took us in as their family and hosted us the whole weekend because none of us lived there anymore and just welcomed us. And it was so sweet and beautiful and delightful. And it was just like a Hallmark movie. Oh, I love that. So that's it for this. I love, I I keep saying this week as if we do this (laughs) more than every like three months. Um, but maybe now that we have like a, if, if we have an audience that will prompt us to, to record more often I hope and so. to get our S together. I hope so. Cause this is delightful. Yes. Okay. Well, I can't wait to find out what Jules hair, real hair looks like. I can't wait to find out, uh, what her not wearing a wig looks like because I really was bamboozled. It worked. It, it worked. worked on you. Way to go, Jewel.